0: worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So, welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. Our guest today describes herself as thus. A Southern gal with a potty mouth, unafraid to admit when I don't know something, but a no holes barred approach to always finding a way to make things happen. Being raised in a small town in Nashville, Tennessee, with an undercover drug detective as a father, and a God-fearing woman as a mama, I was sheltered. My passions vary from creating innovative designs to impressive dance choreography to studying psychology and traveling the world. Although they may seem all overboard, the thorough line has been risk. I am a risk taker. In 2009, I quit my lucrative 9-to-5 job in healthcare, signed an NDA and lived on the road with a country music star without telling anyone where I was going or who I was going with and what I was doing. You would think that this would bring chaos to my life, but it did the opposite. It brought me focus. I went from being a non-stop working overachiever in a morgue, a mental hospital, to building a global luxury wedding event empire, to reinventing myself as a go-to productivity consultant who speaks worldwide, hosts a podcast, has authored several books and developed online courses. I'm proof that rules are meant to be broken, and that is never too late to pivot. Welcome, a lady with a who is anything but boring or stuck for words mentality, Angela Prophet.
1: GSD, what's up, James? Yeah.
0: Well, I must admit, as as an intro, when I half wrote that and you you wrote the other half, I thought, oh my god, this is probably the most ludicrous one I could ever ever, ever read. I mean, it uh, just Do you expect amazing.
1: anything less?
0: Well, well, well no. So, <laughs> Knowing you for the length of time I have done and what we've done together, absolutely not. But I do understand that you have another bit of personal information to share as from your teacher when you were four years old. You just informed me, which is even more interesting than what I've just read out.
1: Yeah. So I just shared with James, he asked me to write a paragraph about myself, which by the way, I've done I would say hundreds of podcasts that I've been guest on in my own. And no one's ever asked. What you've asked. So first off, I think it's brilliant that you're asking people this because that's what RSVP is about. It's just different. It's just unique. You can't explain it. You just have to go and experience it. But over the weekend I was cleaning out my mother's barn. We're moving her. We did an Instagram live. We started last week. We got a dumpster. It's the real deal. I'm like, "Feel my pain. Don't do this to your kids." But my mother pulls this sheet of paper out and I'm going to I'm I framed it and she says, "Your preschool teacher wrote this about you when you were 4 years old." And I thought, "Well, shit, this is perfect for James, because everything about what this teacher wrote about me when I was four years old is who I am today. <laughs> but it, it's like in a list format, which I do really well with list. So it says strong in all areas. I don't necessarily agree with that now. Fit, so she goes physical, mental, social, emotional, and moral. This is what I was when I was four. Advanced Large and small muscle coordination. I was a gymnast. What about my gait? So for those of you who wonder why I walk funny, it's because my parents never put me in braces because I had this problem when I was a child. Mental, strong area, extremely bright, reads many words. I read many words. I don't retain many words. And James knows that. I need a video. (laughs) I'm creative, takes initiative with materials. So if the materials aren't there, guess what? I create them. Good memory, time concepts, vocabulary, number concepts, good. That is still my memory, all this stuff. This is still very true. It's I'm not good at this, right? I rely on other people and I rely on technology. Enjoys complicated tasks. Mm -hmm. I do like building things. Understand any circumstances if explained. And that is the most important thing here to understand what are my circumstances. Now, it gets really good here. Social and emotional leadership skills takes initiative, needs consistent limits. I don't know what limits are. Loves people, creative, coping with sibling rivalry. Pepper. Pepper was my Dalmatian dog. I was an only child at this time. I was like six when my sister was born and I hated her. Um, because I was the only child for a long time, need, I need a stimulating environment. Again, if your job doesn't create it, I'm going to go and create it myself. That's the risk-taking. And last but not least, your morals. Great self-conceptual, like I was four. That's a big word. Um, I know right from wrong, and I have a joyful spirit. So that's who I am, there, even. There
0: you, go. there you go. At
1: 44 years old. Four years <laughs> old to 44 years old. That's really cute.
0: I mean, that's, um, sorry, I mean, it's a long time since I saw a 4 year old school report in the UK, but I can't believe they would be that comprehensive, as um, as obviously the one that was done for you. But yes, it is quite accurate, yes. And I'm, I am going to have to put boundaries on you now. We are we are doing this in <laughs> half an hour. Now, I know that I have we, a could hear, we could be here today still talking. I, I, I know what you're like, so we need to keep things concise. But anyway, so what's your first memory, though, from when you were four or younger? living in the South in America?
1: My first memory, gosh, I don't know. There's so many. I would guess my very first memory that I would think of is when I was 11 and I was getting off the bus and my dad's undercover van with all the school equipment was in the driveway. My dad traveled, so I didn't understand why he was there. And I walked in and he said, sit down, young lady. Is there something you want to tell me? I'm like, excuse me? What? And he put me in handcuffs in the front, not the back. Like, I don't know how they do it there. And he said, you stole something and you need to return it. And then you're going to jail. <laughs> I had stolen <laughs> gummy bears and a hair barrette from Walmart. Cause my mom told me no, and I don't like to be told no. And so I did, I stole it. My little sister who could barely, well, she could probably talk. She was probably four or five. She told on me and My dad took me to Walmart, he made me return it and apologize. And then he took me downtown and I saw at a very young age, what big people jail was like because of my dad's job. So we spent time in night court and in jails and um, saw a lot of things that aren't normal for a lot of kids.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, so then I never wanted to go back, right?
0: <laughs> I bet you haven't stolen any gummy bears since, have you? Um, I never <laughs> stole
1: anything. So when yeah. my friends in high school were like stealing bathing suits and things that were really expensive, this is way before cameras and way before uh-huh. those ink things, I'm like, I'm not going inside. Like there, there's nowhere around me would I ever steal or take or anything because uh-huh. of that one memory that just sticks out. So there's a lesson in it. <laughs>
0: And your father being a drug detective, he he came across some colorful characters, I imagine, in in your part of the world, including probably the most famous ever person that's come out of your part of the world. So is there a story there?
1: Yeah. So I was born in Memphis or I, we moved to Memphis. No, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. I was uh, born in the hospital that Elvis Presley died in, which is no longer in existence There's something else there now, but we were in Memphis because my dad's job and he worked specifically for the railroad. And if you think of trains and things that can be transported on trains, and then me just mentioning the hospital, um, we'll leave it at that. You can put your creative juices together and figure it out. But the year that Elvis died is the year that we moved to Nashville and I was five, Six, and that's when I started kindergarten, and how I grew up in this little town called Mount Juliet that's right outside of Nashville. It was the country, it's not the country anymore, though.
0: Okay, so being from the south, I imagine you're into music and as an art form, and that's obviously from that part of the world as well. So, do you what kind of music are you into? Is it country and western, both types, or that? That that was a joke, by the way, um, <laughs> a terrible joke. I know. I'm sorry. Well, what, but what was the first gig you went to?
1: Oh God. Well, and the funny thing is, I didn't. My my parents were not super into music growing up, so I, I'm I'm not really musically. People just assume, you know, being from uh, Music City, USA. But I didn't grow up with it. Now, I love music and I love music. Uh, I really started to love music when I started to do gymnastics because and as far as my first gig goes, you know, that can mean different things for different people. For me, I think of that as like, what was my first gym meet or what was my first pageant that I was in or what was my first time that I performed? I twirled the baton and apparently I was really good at it. My mom, we found all these things last weekend, my outfits, my batons, everything, And um, apparently I was good at something called Strut. I don't even really remember. I vaguely remember. And she has all these little trophies and things. And so for me, a gig would be getting ready. And I don't even remember. Like I vaguely remember marching in a parade, twirling the baton. I would say like that that was my first gig, you know, where I was like performing.
0: And gigs mean different things. And I've come across this in this podcast because a gig in the UK means a music concert basically, oh, okay. from your favorite okay. band. Uh, whereas I can see a gig as something else, maybe a paid gig or or something like that. But anyway, um, so... New it, Kids
1: on the Block. I think that new, was my New part. Kids on the Block. Hanging in tough. Yeah. <laughs> or MC Hammer. I'm I'm very much <laughs> into dance and hip-hop <laughs> and rap. I like all kinds of, of music. Um, You know me. I love pop, though, because I, I like whatever's trending on TikTok today. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you are the TikTok queen of our industry, I must admit. I love it. <laughs> you're never <laughs> off it. So if it wasn't particularly music, is there any other art forms that you're interested in? Is, is, it, is it, well, twirling the baton was obviously one of them, but is it art? Is it films, TV, cinema, theater, ballet, opera?
1: Really just into dancing and movement again we didn't Uh really grow up with like painting or i mean we did stuff but i was a dancer i'm i was a performer i was on stage i mean every kind of dance you could think of that's what i did up until junior high and then i then i had to pick i had to choose right it's like okay if you're gonna Uh cheer and do gymnastics we have to choose that and stop hip-hop jazz ballet And there was one more thing. There were like four different things. And so, you know, I chose this other side because it was going to be competitive. And then I knew that if I could really do a good job, I could potentially get a scholarship in college because that's what you're supposed to do in the United States.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So do you have a special talent? And if we ever got drunk enough, would it ever come out? I mean, obviously, gymnastics, maybe you could sort of do a a pirouette of some kind or or leap from a tall building onto a floor and not hurt yourself. Is there any kind of special talents that you have?
1: My talent and my superpower is being present. And I mean, I know we're not talking about business too much, but <laughs> it all goes back to movement and being present. And I, my personal life is my work life now. I make that very, very, very clear. Um, so you get the same person, you know, work or personal but i would say my superpower uh really is just movement and and choreography and dance and 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 oh. eight count i'm very very good at that and that's how i run events that's how i run marketing that's how i run processes it's it's everything that i do i mean even personally getting ready it's like an assembly line and if it can't have a process and if it can't be scaled if you don't make money it don't make sense It's the same thing in your personal life. If you don't like doing it, if you're not good at it, why do it? But I would say my superpower really is is just movement and and hearing a beat, hearing a beat. Not everybody can hear the beat and feel the beat and then carry that through emotionally to other people to feel happy about feeling that beat.
0: Wonderful. um, Okay. In your house at home, you have a bar with a hot barman and behind the bar is every single drink you could ever, ever want. Um, alcoholic or not not alcoholic What do you order?
1: It depends on the night and what I have to do the next morning. I do look ahead. Typically, I would say like a spicy margarita. I love spicy margaritas. But lately, because of all, I mean, there's all kinds of new products and all kinds of um, new case studies coming out. I don't really like alcohol. And there's a lot more benefits from the CBD drinks and the hemp drinks that calm people down. So if I have a drink of choice now and I'm going to go out, I would probably drink something like that, um, like a recess or something, because I would rather feel calm and really good the next morning than feel like shit. Oh, am I allowed to cuss on the podcast? Sorry. (laughs) I should ask.
0: You can say anything.
1: Okay. Amanda taught me that,
0: (laughs) to ask. (laughs) Well, she's, she's very polite and so are you, so that's good. Okay, so you're having a dinner party now. With with your bar with every single drink in the world, including spicy margaritas. And so, what kind of food will be served at the dinner party? Mexican. Mexican. Mexican, Mexican. food. Okay. I love Mexican G- food. Just Mexican.
1: I mean, that's it's it's my favorite food. Not good for you, actually. If we could have choices, you know, because my daily life is very different from what I would eat at a at a dinner party, but it would be more healthy, energetic type things lots of uh, vegetables because i'm primarily plant-based now right now Mm -hmm. Um, but it would it would have a lot of plants Mm plant-based things they would give people energy and not make them tired
0: wonderful okay so you have your bar you have your mexican food you have a big dinner table and who is invited alive or dead this is your dream dinner party who is around the table
1: oh gosh well right now it would just, it would be my travel family. It would be y'all. Like, like, I mean, you're in that, you know? It's like the people that I travel with, I'm sure you're, you're talking about, like, famous people or, or people that are well-known.
0: Anyone alive or dead who would maybe have a conversation with?
1: I mean, I would have my travel family there, um... Steve Jobs, I mean, I know he's, he's dead and, but him and Elon Musk and like just getting to learn from leaders who have built empires. Um, You know, I look at Jeff from Amazon and I look at what Elon's done and I look at Richard Branson, which, you know, I have gotten to meet him. I have gotten to go to Necker Island because of my, one of my companies. And so uh, bringing all those entrepreneurs together and then bringing like all my closest friends and family to ask them what other questions. Yeah, that's what I would do.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. So you travel a lot. You work very, very hard. You're available 24-7. You live on Marco Polo and WhatsApp like we all do. Apart from I don't do Marco Polo, as you know. What do you do to relax when, when Angela Prophet switches off and needs some time when she's not having anything going on? What do you do and where do you go?
1: You know, it's funny. Relaxing means different, you know, again, to different people. And it depends on what's going on my calendar. I mean, I love to go to the spa. I love massages. I love getting all the kinks worked out. And in order to turn everything off, that's what I have to do. I have to go to the spa where I shouldn't have my phone. And I'm laying face down and my, my hands are occupied, right? I love facials. I love the spa. I love going to Pure Sweat Float, which is a place where you float in a salt pod. It's like an Epsom salt pod. And... You sit in infrared lights and those two things for me are relaxing. But if I had to choose, I would actually just learn a few TikTok dances because that's actually relaxing for me. And it makes me feel like I'm, I'm moving towards my goal, which movement is my goal each day. And I can't relax if I don't meet my goal first. So I know that's a long answer, but yeah, the, the, the point is, and, and now when I travel, I try to plan ahead. So that I have a few additional days on the front end to sleep and acclimate my body. And then I'd really like to stay another two or three or sometimes four days, sometimes a week, wherever I'm going to be so that I can actually intake the city while I'm there and live and not just work.
0: Um, We aren't necessarily going into your professional life here, but this isn't really. But when we do meetings, you're usually on a treadmill, which is... is, um, Um, yes, um, a treadmill. Unusual, desk. Yeah. yes. So tell me more about that. And how many of steps course. do you, do you do a day, and 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 how do you monitor it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera? Because that's quite impressive.
1: Of course. Well, and again, everything I teach and everything I talk about, it comes from a pain. It comes from something where I had a personal problem and I figured out a process of how to fix it and how to get results. And that's what I look at are the case studies. And you know, I'm not green in true colors, but I've learned that if you don't think green and if you're listening to this and you have no clue, I can send James a link if you guys want to know about it because it is insightful. But I don't lead with green, but I need a starting point and an ending point to everything. So- even before the pandemic hit, I was going through some hard things. My dad was sick for years. He passed away. He's in heaven. It's, um, it's, it was fine, but I had big events going on, you know, the day that he passed away. And that day down, it, I was just kind of in a downward spiral. You know, I had a breakup of seven years. We worked together, so I had to unpack all that. And then a year later, COVID hit. And then for someone who travels for a living and is on the road constantly to tell me I have to stay at home and follow a rule— it was really hard. And um, I gained over 100 pounds. And you don't really notice that until you go to put your clothes back on, you go to pack your suitcases to get back on the road, when the the flights finally opened back up. And you know, I couldn't fit into anything. And then um, I got COVID I actually got COVID last, everyone on my team had it before me, which was kind of funny, because I was still traveling on the front end of COVID. So I, ha- I didn't have the first strand and I'm not vaccinated. I have a lot of allergies and an autoimmune disorder, and I'm allergic to literally everything. So there's just things I can't put in my body. And as you all know, it's very hard to travel the world and not have that little card. And so there's a lot of of, uh, loops that I had to jump through and doctors and paperwork and it's such bullshit. But anyway, that's for a different day. I got COVID and almost died. I was out for 18 days, I had a fever of 104 for eight days straight, I had brain damage, it was really bad. And my doctor's like, you know how to be healthy, you were a gymnast, you, you work too much. And, And during COVID, yes, I had my head down building a whole nother marketing company to take care of people, right. And so when I when I finally could walk again, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to walk. I've got to move. I know to lose weight, you have to move. And and, and I don't even like to say lose weight. I like to say get healthy. And um, I couldn't get a trainer because we were in lockdown. The only way I could do it, I was like, I'll get a treadmill desk. That's the only way that I know is I've got to move and I've got a lot of work to do. And yes, I'm working 20 hour days because I'm building a $10 million company right now. So yes, I need to do this. So I got the treadmill desk and science says, no matter, it doesn't matter if you're you know, what what um male, female, whatever. It doesn't matter. Science says based on your age, your height, your weight, there's really no history of pre-existing conditions, like, in America, we use that as a cop-out of like, oh, well, diabetes runs in my family. So I might as well just eat all the sugar I want and get it and die when I'm 40 or have a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah, right. um, and I come from health care, right? So anyway, I decided to make a change. And I set one goal for myself. And that's why we don't meet goals is because we do too many things. I'm like, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps every day. And it was hard at first. Um, no, no. It, but it's slow, it doesn't go above 2.0. And I set up all my monitors. And then I started doing all my zoom calls from it. And people would say, Are you working out? And I'm like, No, it's a desk. It's like a treadmill. No, no. And so I kind of became known for that, you know, and and all the things that we were doing. And then other people started to do it. And I started to inspire other people to invest in themselves that if they were going to work all the time, that if they couldn't meet what the case studies say to at least move. The other thing that I learned is, you know, I used to get up and work out three hours in the morning or work out three hours in the evening. This is what I was a gymnast and I was training. I don't have Mm -hmm. that kind of time. None of us do. I mean, come on, let's be honest. No, no, we don't. Absolutely not. Blending the two, um, you know, really worked for me. And I did that in the first 90 days. Uh, I lost like 30-something pounds. And then I just kept going. And then I just kept documenting and I had no, no uh, plans to turn it into a business whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it ended up changing my, one of my company's business models around it instead of productivity being all about software and being about business and being about automation and processes. We changed productivity to movement. And now I don't teach any more technology really because it's not sexy. It's not fun. It it doesn't excite people, but you turn on some good ass music and with a good beat. And um, and you get people moving, and then you put a framework to it, and then you teach it, and people freaking remember it. You saw it live at the last RSVP when Brian and I spoke in Madrid. Stop, drop, and roll. You know, so it's like now I have fun with it. And I forgot for 10 years how to have fun. I forgot. So, you know, the, the, the treadmill and the movement thing is very important. And the people with excuses, let me tell you a quick story. My sister has ALS. She completely is somewhat of a vegetable and she has been for about eight years now. And when she got diagnosed she was told she had about six months to live and we did something different. We sent her to Russia. She'd never even been on a plane to get stem cells and that those stem cells work (laughs) and they keep her alive and it's not, you know, approved by the FDA or any of that. So when I say, if your legs work and you can walk, you freaking get up and move because there's people who don't have a choice like Mm -hmm. my sister.
0: Okay. Fantastic. That's wonderful. We're going to just talk about other things now, but, um, a brown value of RSVP is naughtiness, okay? And so, Angela, you've told us about stealing for Walmart when you were very young. But really, is that the naughtiest thing you've ever done? No. And and, and if you say yes, I'm not going to believe you.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. I don't know if this is an appropriate story to tell here. Oh, oh, yes, it
0: is. Yes, absolutely.
1: This is juicy.
0: No one, no one's listening.
1: Okay. So, y'all, I worked at a bar and all through college, and um, it was called Silverado, South, South Southern Boogie Bungalow. Anyway, it was free beer till 11 every night. Wet t-shirt contest on Friday, hard body contest on Sunday. Now, I wasn't in the contest because I worked there, okay? But I was in a lot of other dance contests around many clubs, And most girls would take their clothes off. I kept my clothes on and, um, you know, I don't judge or whatever, but I would win and I would win money. And I was, I was never a stripper, but that's, that's not the point. The point is um, I was working at this bar and so I was in that atmosphere, right? And there was a pimp named Simba. Simba. And Simba had a, what I thought was an after party dance club because that's what I made up in my head. And so everybody at the bar, when I first started working there, they're all like, we're going to Simba's place after this and um, we're gonna go and swing. Well, I worked at a country bar that turned into a hip hop (laughs) bar at 11, okay? (laughs) I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. Oh, I
0: think I can, I think I know.
1: So I'm thinking that we're gonna, uh, and I am a very good country line dancer and I know all the line dances, I, that's not my first choice of music. But uh, I know them all. And I know all the freaking words because I worked there for for you anyway. Um, so I go to this after party, which I thought was going to be like do si swinging country music line dancing. And it was probably about 300 people that were naked, they were nude, with like some outfits and me and the guy that I was with because we walked in late because we were closing down the bar and counting the money and turning the bills all the same way, you know. And uh, that's not what Swingers Club meant. And it gets a little better. Ready? This is the good part. So I am highly uncomfortable. And we are walking from room to room. And there's just some things that were going on that I'd never seen before. And I looked at the guy and I'm like, I'm highly uncomfortable. I don't know what's happening here, but I thought it was like country line dancing, like swinging do-si-do. And I think it's, I'm going home. And so um, we left and uh, I was dating the guy at the time and he was coming to meet my parents the next day on Sunday for brunch. And at the top of the hour, At 11 o'clock news was the bust of this undercover stripper club with all these blah, 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 blah. Now, my parents had the news on all the time. Again, my dad's job. And um, they had footage from inside of the club where they had hidden cameras, but they blurred out people's faces. But the guy I was dating um, was really tall and really noticeable. Uh, He was actually my husband for a hot second. And, um, my dad's like, is that, a- uh, and I just like completely diverted and jumped in front of the TV. And it's like, oh my God, did, did my parents think that I was here? My parents would never think that I was at a place like this, but we're not even going to talk about it. I don't even think my mother knows this story. She's going to listen to this and be like, what? <laughs> um, but the thing is I just left. And so, but I felt very naughty. I felt very wrong. I felt like, just dirty, because I had never been exposed to anything like that. Fast forward, I'm speaking at a podcast conference and a lady comes up to me and we talk on social media and she asked me about her podcast and had I ever listened to it because we were going to do a TikTok. And I said, no, Wendy, I I have so many friends with so many podcasts, unless I I need to listen to it. You know, I don't just randomly turn on people's podcasts there. It's got to be on my calendar. And she's like, well, I just want to make sure before you tag me on TikTok that you know what my podcast is about. Um, My husband and I are professional swingers and we interview other swingers on our podcast. (laughs) And so I don't know if you would be comfortable coming onto our podcast. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I just want to shake my butt and we can do a TikTok and... She goes, but my name is, is a cover name on TikTok. It's not my real name. I'm like, that's okay. I, I guess that's okay. I, I, we, we haven't posted the TikTok yet. But anyway, the it just, all those things come up. You never know what tr- triggers people, right? Um, Was she clothed? She did. She had on clothes. And the thing is, oh, okay. we've, we've known each other for years on Zoom, okay. and she's really tall and I'm really short. And so she walked over to me and she looked down. And she goes, oh, my God, Angela Prophet, you are so Short and I looked up and I'm like, and you were so tall. Um, it's just, it's just funny, but I think that that's the naughtiest thing that I ever did. Yeah. But I also felt like I didn't have all the information and then I didn't ask enough questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, as a story, that is absolutely wonderful and yeah. very, very naughty. Okay, um, I think we're coming to the end of our session. I'm afraid, Angela, we, we could talk all day. I can maybe even find out you some more naughty things about you, but we don't have the time. So Thanks to the guest today, a lady rooted in the deep south, but an errant traveler, spa floater, spicy margarita drinker, gymnastic TikToking treadmill junkie, swinging stripper who kept her clothes on, and COVID survivor. Thank you, Angela Prophet.
1: Thank you for having me, James. This is awesome. Love your recap. Good job.
0: Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.